Hello world, fellow geeks and nerds, you have tuned to the Compiler podcast helping you in your tech journey through art of creative storytelling. I'm your host Ayan and if you are following up with open source communities and coding groups then you must have known that it is the timeline of Google Summer of Code. Google Summer of Code or GSOG if you might have known is a global program focusing on bringing more student developers to open source communities. It first started in 2005. And by 2009, it has more than 1,000 students around 17 countries representing 100 plus organizations working on projects that will later be used by different open source groups, communities and others. By 2018, around 206 organizations joined GSOC and big names like Debian, KDE, Open Astronomy and Sugar Labs were part of it. Talking about these, we have two awesome guests today with us who will be talking about Google Summer of Code more in detail and will help you shape your application so you can crack it in 2019. And today we have two guests with us. We have Prakash Srivastav, who was a part of GSOC Open Astronomy in 2018. And we also have Vipul Gupta with us, who was a part of GSOC 2018 representing Sugar Labs. So welcome guys to the podcast. and. I hope you would be having a great time today. So let's start and uh, Prakar, would you like to introduce yourself for our guest? Hey Ayan, thanks for having me. So hi guys, uh, I'm Prakar. Uh, I'm a computer science student at Maharaja Surajmal Institute of Technology, currently studying in fourth year, doing Python, open source and in my daily workflow. So that's about me. Hi, um, thanks for having me Ayan. I am Vipul and I'm from MIT University. I have been working with a small community called Alias and um, I've been working with open source for about three years and thanks for having me. So I'm so excited to have both of you guys on our show today because you have also been a part of Google Summer of Code last year and uh, uh, you guys are helping people around the community to shape their applications and doing mentorship. So uh, welcome to the show and uh, uh, let's talk about uh, Google Summer of Code. So where did you guys heard it about and what was your projects all about? So Prakhar, can you share a little bit about your project and what you did last year? So yeah, my pro project was basically on the Julia programming language. Uh, many of you guys mustn't have heard of it. So. Julia programming language initially was proposed as a scientific programming language, then it got developed into a more general pur purpose programming language, more like C or uh, Python. Uh, fun fact, Julia is uh, uh, compa comparable to C in the terms of speed. So oh, that's like interesting. Yeah, so that is what something uh, people get uh, interested about, right, in Julia. So, yeah, so C has set a benchmark and everyone is comparing themselves to the C. So that is a good thing to yeah, know that so, Julia is comparable to so C. So Julia is comparable to C and a uh, bit of my uh, about my project. So my project was with Open Astronomy. Uh, the Open Astronomy is basically an umbrella organization. Uh, my organization was Julia Astro. So the project was basically to make time scales to convert different time scales. What are time scales, may I ask? So uh, on Earth, we have different time zones, right? In Russia, we have 11, India, we have one, J, uh, so IST is the time zone. So when we go into universe, we don't deal in time zones, we deal in time scales. There are different time scales uh, depending on what amount of gravity is there, depending on one, one uh, how high are you from uh, uh, sea level. So all of these factors are included when you go or when you send a signal to any planetary object or any satellite, right? So you have to account for that uh, 
difference in time scales. So my project was to build a library which can convert a time scale to a different time scale, which uh, has that kind of you know uh, difference optimization or what you say, which uh, basically accounts for that difference and uh, uh, create a seamless uh, frame for signal transmission. So that was basically my uh, project. Uh, and how did I got uh, to know about that? I was just searching, looking for uh, uh, like projects we align both of my interests. So Julia was uh, something I found very interesting by the fact that it is comparable to see I was studying about Julia and I was like I'm always interested in astronomy so both somehow aligned and I just sent an application. Wow you? that's quite intriguing and Vipul what about you like uh, what project you had in during GSOC time and how did you heard about it? So uh, my story started with um, my mentor Sham Saini telling me about that one should do about GSOC and if you are contributing to open source, it is a good thing to go forward with. I had my interest with Python. I have a flair for writing documentation for open source organizations and that landed me with Sugar Labs, which needed someone for a maintenance level task as in creating an auto automation system which could help solve or reduce their maintenance problems that they are having. So Sugar Labs is a non-profit uh, educational organization that creates software for third world country students. It's a great organization. It has it has been uh, a com as an accredited worldwide. What my project was all about is we created an automation system that could help solve the metadata problems that we're having in activities. So an activity is just like a program. You can have browsers in it and it runs on the sugar ecosystem. So the metadata in those activities are never actually auto-updated. You have to either change licenses, if someone committed it to it, there are licenses, there are screenshot problems that have having description, description updates, and one would need, every time a release happens in the activity, one would need to update it simultaneously. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so, and uh, that, that was my automation system all about. We tried with various frameworks, Python, Ansible, and try to get the best uh, case possible so that with every release, we can simultaneously update the metadata of the activity. What the other part was all about was um, documentation migration. That was the task I earlier had. And with documentation migration, we shifted all the documentation from Wikimedia Foundation that we had to GitHub so that developers could easily look at it or users could easily look at it to contribute back to Sugarlab. So that was the impact. Yeah. Alright, so that was quite interesting to know and uh, you have been into programming since quite long. I know you guys uh, personally and I have been following your blogs and a lot of different activities you are doing in for open source and in communities around. Uh, so can you tell a little bit about your exposure to uh, communities, your exposure to programming and what uh, skills you were having before you were a G-Soccer or what skills uh, you think are necessary to have before you start your applications and apply for these organizations during Google Summer of Code? Yeah, so uh, with the open source, open source is something that always pushes your own, right? We all are all, all a part of open source. Definitely, kind of, we love some, open source. Yeah, some kind of community like that. So I, I'm uh, very active in PyData Delhi uh, and uh, basically, so what does an open source do to you? 
it always pushes you so when you get to meet a lot of people who are doing stuff in their own vicinity you find it very intriguing right so uh, that's uh, that's how i got into coding i i was in my first year i got uh, i attended a few pi daily meetups pi data meetups i saw people doing cool stuff and like i just wanted to do something so i just started with web development uh, and uh, algorithm uh, making and what what not whatever i got my hands on go, got dirty and just uh, started doing uh, some kind of uh, development process and that is how i started so my uh, my two piece on how or what uh, like how can how i was and how i got into gsoc was like i was doing random stuff before gsoc i, st I still am doing random stuff so it is just how you start with the how you approach a particular problem it's not about how you get into a whole spectrum of problems it is how you get into a particular problem how you interact with the people in the open source community how you uh, approach to a person who's already doing the problem or did the, did a particular solution for it so yeah uh, with the amount of uh, exp exposure that you get from open source you can definitely get into any kind of open source uh, program like gsoc right so uh, i i was already into python uh, coding uh, a lot of stuff then i got into uh, machine learning so that is another uh, ball game altogether so i was in uh, uh, python then uh, there, there was this meetup in, in pydata delhi i was introduced introduced to a guy who just made me do julia right so he pitched me the good parts of julia and i was like okay i need to experience at least the programming language so i started doing julia i really found it helpful and that is how i eventually got the gsoc project in julia right so this is something that open source gave me so it is not a single process it is a development process you go to meet up you meet a lot of people you try to build a lot of uh, skills so that is how i stumbled upon uh, many opportunities that that, uh, that comes with open source uh, interacting with everyone so a few programming language here and there a few algorithms that you use uh, just random stuff so be an explorer and keep exploring until something hits you which uh, you think definitely, it's good <laughs> that is how i i'm sure that is how we all learn right everybody everybody so people you talked about uh, having a mentor in life and recommending uh, uh, things by mentor you uh, you tried so uh, what do you think is a role of a mentor uh, shaping an application during gsoc or uh, let's not talk about gsoc in general and let's talk about uh, how mentors can help you uh, grow up especially if you are uh, in a community where people like many people are there talking about same stuff and doing things so uh, how mentorship help you and uh, uh how would you recommend uh, having a mentor in your life uh, to go ahead so yeah um i i consider myself pretty lucky and all the members of alias that we had the mentor as sham sham sani and anurag prasher uh, both of good them guys are, good guys i know <laughs> both of them we, we 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 consider ourselves incredibly lucky to have their access and have their time to get their mentorship pretty early into our life as in they they always had time to uh, time to solve our problems or guide us in the right way they had uh, they motivated us to take up projects way above our 
pay grade i guess <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah we we experimented we explored just like just like prakar and open what we gave back what open source gave to us we consider giving back to them all of us the core members of alias that have been working from day one are in other organizations or uh, ways that they can contribute back to open source so mentor really helps and uh, i can recount a really special experience or uh, incident that happened with anurad prash anurad bhaiya <laughs> that um, what we had in the first in, uh, in the end of first year what he said to us was you should take up a project and no matter what if you can do it or not how much time it takes you should take it up and the first project that we took up was about cleaning the rivers with the data management solution that we were having and what we did was we mapped out the data that was coming in through 12 15 sources into one centralized database so any scientist can access it any anyone can do it so and that project uh, we learned so much from that project the mistake that were made in that project was is still the laughing matters that we had <laughs> definitely and uh, yeah a role of a mentor is almost as important as having someone is it's like a friend in life who knows as you who knows how would you like to proceed in life and would guide you anytime you fail so someone recently told me you do a project and you scale it to a level that you have to include image magic in it <laughs> and mentor is the one who will introduce you to the image magic <laughs> so definitely we all have been coding our ways in our homes in our college uh, but uh, uh, having exposure of a real life project is very necessary especially when you talk about gsoc you talk about uh, having a job working in a team in a collaboratively way so yes uh, definitely we'll talk more about that in a bit so uh, one thing i would like to ask you both is Uh, what why do you think student developers should consider sending an application to gsoc so i have been meeting different people around the communities most of them are students uh, there are a lot of students out there who get intimidated uh, they are new to the world of uh, open source and free software uh i i i usually told them like uh, don't get intimidated apply even you get failed doesn't matter apply apply again so uh here i would like to ask you both uh, why do you think any student developer who can even write hello world in a programming language should consider applying to gsoc or similar projects so that is it uh, like many of my juniors and uh, people in the open source community are like why should i uh, participate or how can i participate i have never been and google is so big open source open source as a community is so big i don't even know how to operate git definitely how, <laughs> how can i uh, code and uh, how can i uh, scale my project in, uh, onto such a level right so my single answer to them is uh, if you are not applying you are already losing right right if you apply you get the 50% chance that you uh, that you can make it right so why not why not do it you nobody will kill you for applying right it's it's a open source opportunity so that that is something i always say to any student or any developer that i meet just do it because why not right so uh people are all, always uh, like doubting themselves like why how can i apply so uh, let let me tell you like uh, p like in uh, open source uh, projects or programs like gsoc they don't necessarily expect you to learn us or to come uh, like knowing everything you you don't have to know every part of git to be in gsoc right so that that is some uh, approach that people are uh, like me i, I always uh, try to 
go about it like uh, don't even care just uh, like row your boat until you find that uh, push or you find that stream that takes you there right so that is something like uh, i always say to people like don't be afraid of anything if you don't get it you you can you can always apply next year right uh and so, even though if you cannot uh, get selected you can still contribute like no one is stopping you to yeah, contribute exactly. to open source so it's a it's a good uh excuse to get into open source so that is why the people organize open source or, uh com- like uh, programs or yeah. uh, different exactly different competition in open source they are already always always focused on to get people into open source right there there is no and it is always uh beneficial for you only even if you don't make it if you don't get into the program you 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 have that badge of uh, uh, honor that you have pulled or pushed into a repo which is used by thousand of people right so that is another uh, uh what do you say you get out of the open source community if you get into if you you if you are able to merge a pull request into a library that is being used in my case with esa that is face or organization or in his case people uh, like students all over the world so that is something that uh, you cannot take away from us right definitely so that that is the thing that you should always look for look look to contribute and somehow just make it uh, strong enough that you get selected to gsoft right so that's a big thing like uh, you have a batch of honor that your code is being used by thousands of people around the exactly. world and you are changing life so uh, again the same question for you vipul uh, what uh, think should uh, motivate a student to apply to gsoft or similar uh, kind of programs so um, i i totally agree with what prakar said about the feeling that you have and i i consider that feeling as good as your code running on thousands of systems worldwide will make you feel something and uh, i think that's inspiring i think students really should go for gsoc and one thing that i would like to add on a counterpoint is if uh, it does not work out it's okay and most people are uh, like mad not mad or uh, even very much intimidated into going to gsoc like they have to do it or the life would probably fail <laughs> and i i like to uh, as an not uh, as an inform my students as in whatever people who are asking me questions that if it does not happen it's okay there are men like like in my blog as also i wrote the same thing as a harry potter reference like if one wand shop does not accept you there are plenty of other wand shops to go around one wand will choose you yeah like right and um yeah the the same thing goes for me too as in they expect you not to know everything uh, with gsoc there is the a very good freedom that you can learn in those 3 months you can learn before it you can learn after it and um, people are very helpful cool communities are built on collaboration they are they want you to learn they are don't expect you to know everything that they have to do and the stack that they have is could be quite intimidating Uh, it could be quite difficult the learning curve for a new person who going into open source would be very steep and that shouldn't stop you that that should actually motivate you like so many people are doing great stuff in open source why couldn't you and that's what we try to do in our community as well so um, some students do ask me as in uh, uh, 
they get motivated through the money aspect of it mm. and the money aspect yeah the stipend the, is really good <laughs> I, 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 would, i wouldn't uh, i i i wrote something that uh, it's not to be uh, taken lightly the stipend or the uh, rewards that come after it. yeah exactly gsoc is quite a big program uh, in the world you get uh, you get favored for some some corporates or even even get help, even gets more help in scholarship programs or make a connection of networks which help you all life long so yeah go for gsoc but do do remember one thing uh, to have the commitment that you give to gsoc to be real or the results won't be right yeah right so the first thing is you have the mindset that i want to contribute to this code base mm-hmm. not the aftermath like stipend having uh, preferences in True. conferences that comes secondary and that will come automatically if you are already contributing to open source and not a part of gsoc i believe so that's a good uh, point uh, you made there vipul i also wanted to ask you like uh, you said uh, open source projects have admins open source project gatekeeper they are also humans and they don't expect you to know everything before you apply to the gsoc uh, but skill uh, is there are there are some certain set of skills which are expected to be uh, to be you are familiar with before you can apply to gsoc or uh, that are some basic skill set that they are expected you to already know like git is there some command and experiences are there so would you like to throw some uh, light on that like some basic skills uh, a student should consider uh, learning before applying to gsoc or uh, uh, even if they are in first year or second year of college they have time third and fourth year to apply to gsoc so uh, what should they learn between these two years so they are gsoc ready so uh, i would like to start this by giving out a fun fact that there is there is no uh, limitation as to which year you can do it on people have done it in the first year people have done it in the fourth year both in equally e- okay and successful so i i did it in my second year and what the first most critical point of se- skill set that i would like to have in the person who's applying is um, community guidelines he should know community guidelines one that is a very very common uh, uh, incident that happens in all the communities is people address others as sir or ma'am and that that shouldn't happen um, even i i have people on linkedin or twitter mailing me so what what projects should i take on i i i know python i know r i know julia <laughs> and um, there is there is no specific answer to it the only thing that you can go for is you should know git git is a good it's a, is a critical aspect of open source it's the version control system that everyone uses git the community guidelines um anything that would go mailing list etiquette mailing list etiquette irc to to yes exactly do not private message uh, how to write proper mails how to work uh, in the community and how to do collaborate collaboration properly the other aspect other point that i would like to mention is how to write and um, what i really found advantages to me that if you since a community or the organization that you are applying to is gsoc only sees the paper that you gave them the proposal that's your image that's your entire life on that paper and if you want to do gsoc you have to write that you have to write it with commitment every line should matter and what i tell my students as well the people who ask questions is to weave a story every point starting from the aim 
to about you should weave into a story contributing to a bigger picture that why you are worth why should people spend time on you as in a community that accepts you as a student is actually putting a lot of time a lot of dedication a lot of effort into you only not them themselves that that you would be able to do the project and you will help the community after gsoc and i think a dedication should be there to a love for gsoc before applying yeah definitely so that are some good points you mentioned there because uh, admins they are really busy people and they won't expect you to teach mailing list etiquettes they won't expect you to teach how to message in irc so that are some points you should they'll, remember they'll just spam you <laughs> <laughs> they you don't have to spam yeah, and yeah, also yeah. like uh, writing a commit message that that, that exactly. itself takes that, is, that itself <laughs> takes some skills really there, there are like in in the first commit message that i read i wrote in sugar labs like i i considered myself that i could write one and the first message that i got was it should be third it should be third person right. and it shouldn't have any past tense and there was a complete etiquette for commit messages that the community follows and i think that's a really impressive factor for it that the community follows a certain set of rules guidelines to make a in safe and inclusive environment for because communities are people from all around the world coming from different backgrounds uh, culturally and economically so it is good to have to follow a same set of procedure and rules and uh, talking about skills uh, i often see like people spend lot of time reading git and installing linux uh, stating going to gentoo or whatever we will talk about that on some later episodes but uh, if you talk about programs like gsoc uh, having experience of writing blocks is equally important so uh, you don't just have to write code which people are using you also have to write the documentation you also have to uh, write blogs about your uh, experiences you are gaining about your progress so uh, uh, i don't know personally about you guys so did you guys started blogging before gsoc or if yes did it really help you and what different things you learn while blogging so so yeah uh bit about me that i was blogging uh, before uh, gsoc but it was not technical per se it was a personal blog site uh, so i maintained a few blog i so i was like blogging just for the fun right but when i got into gsoc so you need to know gsoc is not a pro program that is only inside your organization or whichever code base you are contributing to not not limited to the developers which uh the pro uh, like which the organization uh, has so gsoc the project uh the whole org uh, like the whole project of gsoc is uh, basically maintained by open source community which is led by google itself right so whenever you uh, like pull a request or you just uh, merge a code they need to know what you did but they don't have the time to read the code right they don't have the time to see what you did from x line of codes to y line of codes so you have to document it in a manner that a lay guy can layman can basically read and discern what you have done so blog is important in that sense uh, so it is not per se for the developers it is more for the general people in the open source organization at google itself so so that they can see okay you started from uh, suppose x and you reached to a point y and you or what all you did in in the month uh whatever your time progress for the blog is so uh, i like i tracked my blog it it was read by many people not 
inside my organization but outside the organization as well so people are very interested when uh, you get in uh, in in a project you do whatever you are doing and when you try to present it in a nice way so the so your code basically your idea uh, extends to people who necessarily don't code in the same language or uh, don't have the knowledge of what uh, the code is doing so that is a very very big uh, asset that you have you, you when you write a blog it the, the power of code is unleashed right so uh, that is why the uh, blogging part is very important so that you can show what you did and uh, that is why google also pushes that you you have to write blog for everything you do in a certain amount of time Indeed. That's, I would I would also like to hear add here that before that I would like to tell yeah. you like I really like your blogs and I've been reading it quite uh, often. So did you also start blogging before GSOC? Yeah, um, the, I I have a blog called Mixter, and what I thought of her idea is in the first year, um, my blog started at Digiplug, and what they had as the program Digiplug actually has you to create a pro blog in your first two weeks and work on it and everyone in digiplugs reads it so you have to be grammatically correct and that's that's quite important and useful in the future you have to be on point you have to be accurate and you learn how to write you learn how to express and that that's what i think is somewhere about 50% as important as writing code because um, in in the google london meetup that we went to um, stephen taylor was mentioning the fact that about 7 to 10 students fail because they couldn't write blogs or they didn't write blogs on time they slacked off or something google does not compulsorily say that you have to write blogs but it's always good to explain your code to the people you have an asset that you have a mic microphone to the entire world and uh, mixter has been doing great as well um, blogs have been reading read by many people many people comment back to you they give you suggestions they give you Uh, opportunities to work with them, collaborations, and even access to a world of opportunities with a blog. Think of it as a microphone in which uh, in which the entire population is in a stadium. Everyone is blindfolded, and you have a microphone. Everyone has a microphone as for that, right? And a blog is your way to make your image for others. So. regardless of gsoc as well many recruiters like to read blogs like um some some a very insightful incident is um i got in, accepted into shovelabs for a task everyone gets a task right and uh, my task was to implement a plymouth image into the sugar ecosystem and that happened because the maintainer read my blog and oh. he was very excited by it damn we could have it <laughs> and uh, that that became my task i did it and um, i i feel uh, really grateful about having a blog before that because that really opened up um the shubhalas path for me and i got interested as well that people are taking uh, taking interest in me so i should contribute back to the community that that's what blogging is all about. oh even i started the same way like uh, I, i i met a guy from intel i was at a intel hackathon and Uh, he was he used to be evangelist uh, iot evangelist back there and I, uh, every project he make uh, he blogged about it he make a video about it so uh, i have been making a lot of different projects out there but uh, ultimately all 
went uh, started some day i lost some of them so <laughs> he told me like dude start a blog and uh, share it with people so yeah blogging is really good even, even a, not a, uh, even if you do blogging or other thing uh, that you could do is for every project that you do write a write a good read me exactly exactly many many i i love a good read me absolutely that, that i i try to write so that every any developer that lands on that page just goes to the read me i i go to the read me at first and if there is no read me uh, it becomes really tough to read someone else's and that doesn't go, looks like a attractive project at all exactly <laughs> that uh, that look like a it's like some holiday project without <laughs> any uh, without any read me and stuff so that like uh, that looks like a person has to put enough heart in it yeah so make a habit to have a read me or a wiki so that really helps and uh, if uh, if anything sounds a uh, jargon to you during this recording like uh, dgp log uh, that stand for durgapur linux user group they have a, a good uh, program uh, to make you ready for industries or projects like uh, gsoc uh, i'll put down this links in the show notes and do check out our website decompile.in for more and uh, moving ahead Uh, so gsoc and similar uh, kind of programs have a lot of competition these days and people wanted to get in anyhow so uh, one way i listened recently like uh, someone is recommending uh, don't wait for the gsoc start contributing uh, before that uh, six months back one year back so uh, i always uh, used to think that contributing is something that comes uh, from the uh, mindset from the heart that you uh, use this project you find it can be better you find there are some bugs that needs to be fixed no one is doing that so you do this because you love that project you love the community around it and you want to make it better so uh, do you really think like uh, contributing to a project uh, before uh, applying for the gsoc just for the sake of it is a good idea or it is really something like uh, people should do anyway so um, i i have this general expectation from people that like we should start from november And okay. GSOC actually starts from like actually start for students from March, and March and February is the time. And what I explain to students that whenever you start contributing to a project, and it does not really matter that where wherever you start, like you can start six months back, you can start fourteen days before, and they both stand at the same point in the eyes of the community. And that would be my example. I started just fourteen days before the submission deadline. when the proposal started submitting i started writing my proposal then only thought like let's we can do gsoc with sugar labs and i have been contributing to sugar labs for the past month so that was my story and some people have been doing it for months they still couldn't get it so there is there is no silver bullet with contributing time or how you approach going into gsoc the other thing would be as in uh, you mentioned another question about how people should apply what was that uh, yeah like uh, if they should start contributing before that that would really help uh, because uh, you know uh, maintainers already knew you and they knew your work they knew how you code so do you think that really helps in getting into gsoc uh, so one thing i like to add like uh, the contribution part of the project depends on the extent of project right if the project is uh, a basically maintenance one like a peer, like the a mentor wants you to fix a few bugs in the projects or maintainer has given a task which you have you you need to 
basically do before the project submission that depends a lot uh, oh. like uh, that is how you approach a particular proposal as such because if your maintainer or if, if the organization wants that you have to have five contributions or you have to have a minimum one pull request to merge yeah. uh, so there are many organizations which give you uh, give out a guideline how to apply or how to basically write a proposal so they uh, they mention everything so my organization had this condition that you have to have a pull request merged oh, yeah, before before you write a pro proposal so luckily i merged six proposal uh, so six uh, uh, pull yes. requests so that is something uh, i did but uh, then again contribution develop uh, like contribution depends a lot upon what is the extent of your program if uh, there are few uh, projects like sun open it uh, like osa HF, there's a organization that uh, CERN runs under GSOC, so that is based, that is only for master students, uh, and uh, the pro the project extent is so huge that you cannot even contribute. You just you you can only read and basically project what you have read, but you cannot necessarily start with the project itself. There are some projects in the open source uh, in GSOC program that needs you to write a complete OS, right? So uh, React OS is one. So how do you start in it? So you basically develop your pro proposal around the project. You don't go and start contributing or necessarily start going uh, on GitHub uh, and do whatever you can with the code. So it is like how you approach to a proposal depends a lot upon how what the project is. Uh, secondly, uh, something uh, something I like to say: contribution is not only PRs, right? If you can find new issues and raise it, developer uh, like maintainers are very happy if they get people who are interested enough that they read their code and uh, found out a few issues. So that is something you can go and please uh, before getting into GSOC or any open source uh, program, develop a habit of code reading. People usually code, uh, they go with algorithms and everything. They find something, they f develop it, develop a project, they move on. But for me, code reading is some is a necessary part of a developer, right? Yeah, a good program is something that everyone can read. Exactly. And code reading hab habit is something that you're never taught. It's just after doing a lot of projects, you get... Uh, so uh, le let me give you an example. Uh, if you're writing a library, in my case, I was writing a library. So I had to read a lot of pre-written code. I had to understand how to basically contribute. So I took about a week to read a code base that was around 1600 lines of code. And it was optimized line of code. So that was not something that you'll write uh, with enters and everything without formatting and all so that was clean code you have to understand with five modules everywhere so you have to link it uh, inside your brain like oh okay this particular module is imported from here you are getting so code uh, co code reading is one habit that you should develop contribution is not necessarily limited to prs uh, you you should uh, raise a new raise a new issue whenever you find it just raise it talk to uh, talk to your mentors uh, one thing which uh, no one do is they start talking to mentors very late or they just uh, uh, post their queries on public channel but on the public channel uh, 
a lot of people are uh, doing the same thing right so if uh, your your organization is very popular something with force asia yeah. uh, which or always like uh, ask people to raise individual queries on force asia you get around 5000 messages each day when gsoc is active right so one thing is don't be shy to ma like mail or write uh, your query directly to your mentor just be sure that mentor would reply some mentors are always busy they cannot be like hey you i messaged you but you are not replying me it's something bad or something like that so uh, like he said you should know the community guidelines and uh, you can't uh, raise individual queries and uh, that, that is something how you contribute to your proposal if if a mentor knows that you are interested you are uh, bold enough to message him in like uh, in a separate chat asking about how should i approach how, how should i get into this so the, all that counts when uh, when your application is screened so i would like to add another point that that uh, in coincidence that the repo that you have between the maintainers or the org admins would really help in getting your gsoc because when he reads your proposal he knows 90% of it definitely and he just relates to what the information that you have the dedication that you have with the project and that really takes the point home as to why they will select you or not one more thing is uh, mailing or messaging them so that's that's a very thin ice that you have to walk on or see what the community likes or dislikes one that i found the hard way was uh, people liked uh, private messages that they want but they were too broad that people were spamming them as too broad like a message should be about the function that you want to solve rather than how to do this yeah and the community is filled like with forshia with sugar labs we have emails coming in like every day seven or 10 of them with people from iit people from wits that how to do this Uh, you have to be specific about it you cannot yep. be generalizing the stuff what what i would like in a message to read is i have this problem i have done this how do i solve this and to whom you are addressing um it it is a bit of a thin ice that you have to walk on at first but the good point about this is you should improve if a person has told you that this should be the right way to do it do try to follow it if you learn or grow or you improve yourself that's a plus point and even if you don't get a reply don't get disheartened just uh, understand like uh, what should be uh, the mindset of other people who are getting the messages and uh, tailor it for them yeah right and uh, surely like uh, they nobody will spoon feed you anything mm -hmm. you you need to be very particular about whatever you ask that is Pe that is uh, one thing you should I like think, i think patience patience is key with open source that if the like i give a person to reply the time that i give is 7 days if if the person is too too popular or too famous because he has a lot, a lot of emails he is a human being and if they don't reply you send a very gentle reminder and not like why are you not replying yeah exactly i have mailed you like 2 hours ago <laughs> definitely So you write down a proposal, you get selected, and now the GSOC starts. So, what was your experience with the GSOC? Like, uh, how did you manage time? Was there anxiety? 
where there's some instances where you think that you won't be able to meet the deadline and you have to also take care of the blogging simultaneously. So how was your experience? I, I would like to add the another part of the question is what was the feelings that go through in the mind when you get selected? Yeah, definitely. Denied. That that should denied the results come up. That so, should follow up. So my my experience was I had an exam <laughs> on the night of GSOC and I got several messages. I, I first saw the dashboard that comes into GSOC and it says confirmed. And I didn't know about that dashboard as in how it would look after confirmation <laughs> that you get it, got into GSOC. So I called two, three GSOCers and say, how does it look like? How's your dashboard looks like? <laughs> <laughs> is, is it, is that, am I in or am I not? Because the confirmation mail comes in late. So another, another thing that happened that I remember, fondly remember is, uh, I came into school, people were congratulating me. I had the dilemma that it's nothing that big. It has happened. works. And what I did was I called Shashank in our community finally. And we discussed on the same feeling of feeling not much special. We loved contributing to community. We loved contributing to Maybe open because source. you guys were already contributing to open source. <laughs> yeah. What what I liked it, what I wanted as a confirmation that are you feeling something different? <laughs> and I wasn't, I wasn't, really. Um, in, uh, some people have this dilemma as well that we will do GSOC and there will be the next line stores or <laughs> big developers that they want to be. But GSOC is just another step. There are many steps that you can take. And that's, that's what the starting is all about. What about you, Prakash? So this is a funny story, right? I was uh, sitting, I was just checking my phone. So uh, mm -hmm. there's another guy who applied with me. He was like, uh, hey man, uh, results are going to be out in uh, another second or something. It's like, okay, man, let's see. I was like thinking, oh, maybe I I, 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 I couldn't make it. Maybe, I, maybe something like that. So he was like, oh, results are uploaded. So uh, I was like, he, was, uh, he, he sent me a screenshot of the dashboard. He was like uh, confirmed or something mm -hmm. like that. There was a positive response. So I was like, should I <laughs> or should <laughs> I not? Should I open or should I not? I opened, uh, I, I just went through it. So I got the same confirmation, right? But the confirmation part is so uh, like vague. vague because <laughs> in the sense, because the timer changed into a confirmation part yep. and you don't get email for another half an hour. Right. So for that half an hour, I, I didn't tell anybody. True. I didn't, I didn't even move. I was lying on my sofa. I was like, okay, let's see what happens. I was waiting for the official mail. And I was, I then started uh, having my dinner, right? And as soon as the mail uh, comes in, my dad was sitting on the sofa. I was like, dad, I got into GSOC. He was like, what is GSOC? <laughs> the same thing happened Happens. with me. My family didn't know what was GSOC. I was bouncing around the house. And I got to know, not from a mail, but a tweet. Okay. Vipul Gupta has got into GSOC. <laughs> Okay. And many dads would be like, uh, uh, you will be like, uh, dad, my life will go into chain. I will be using, I would be pushing to a source code that would be using thousands of people. And dad would be like, okay, now go get some eggs. <laughs> yeah, so that, was, that, that what happened, right? Yeah. Uh, I told my dad that I got into GSOC. He was like, what is GSOC? I was like, that GSOC. GSOC, it's GSOC. So that is like, explain it, what it, what it is. So no. I spent the time like 10 minutes after my acceptance explaining my dad what gsoc is <laughs> so he was like 
no no it is too big for you so he was like no that i got it uh, so Accent, acceptance in story as in the the time that people get in it's always funny yeah exactly and, because you don't know what the extent of program is and what, how like how, how many people are in there because uh, the g gso community mm-hmm. they release the official blog post after a few after a few weeks, few weeks yeah. so they they pull in all the stacks uh, stacks and everything how many applications were there till the time uh so no one knows yeah. exactly so I, i didn't know how many people were from india selected and just we we just found each other on yeah. uh people people uh, post yeah. facebook messages that facebook messages linkedin everything so we <laughs> we all g uh, soccers as in <laughs> made a slack community and mm-hmm. we got to know each other but the initial few days of uh, the acceptance were like you said we very very normal it was like some if i tell to a ex person that i yeah i made it to gsoc for me it is like another application that got selected beat a school beat in, internship beat hackathon uh, application mm-hmm. right so it was the same feeling like, like i made it but for people like oh gsoc man i i man. i have the same story as well my mother actually googled what is gsoc to know what is this and um, i was just right there beside her and she was reading gsoc mm. <laughs> so prager how did your dad reacts like when you say like your uh, uh, library is now being imported at uh, uh, european space uh, organization yeah so uh, like uh, did you share it like uh, your code has been used by there so like tell tell us uh, tell us about something uh, so about your library and how it's being used these days so w- what happened is a few days back i was sitting in my office uh, i just received a mail uh, my mentor basically uh, so my mentor released the library version 1 uh, uh, right uh, like around 2 weeks back and uh, he dropped in there's a complete julia thread julia community mailing thread so every language language has a mailing thread right python has one uh, your linux also has one every every open source project ongoing project you you'll find a mailing thread so i was just going through the mailing thread and they they he mentioned i like i and prakar like developed a library and now we are publishing it to open source so i was very happy i told a few people in my office uh, i didn't tell my dad basically about it so my dad was like uh, probably would have responded in the same way what is a library <laughs> <laughs> is it something where you can get books from no <laughs> so uh, yeah so it is currently being used by a, a few organizations dealing with signal transfers and time corrections which require time corrections so that is about it uh, uh, i was i put in a, a lot of hours of mine during the whole <clears throat> process i uh, spent around uh, 10 hours a day and i coded code coded around 6000 plus SLOC. Uh, tell us more about it. Like, uh, how did you manage the time? Was there yeah, any so instances like where you think that you're going to miss the deadline? You have some anxiety issues or something. So uh, that is what many people try to do. Like, you get into GSOC. GSOC is first of all not an internship. True. GSOC is a participation pro- program where you volunteer. You're not anyone who is uh, 
like interning somewhere you are just participating and volunteering in in the whole process right so they they basically don't encourage you but they don't stop you to join another internship right so people they are always wanting to do more and something like that so one thing i want to mention is gsoc is very extensive on your full time table or whatever you are following so because the if even if you plan everything you you you'll be like i'll give 4 hours 5 hours to this but you don't know what the development comes comes in with right so when you write a code you have to fix bugs you fix you're fixing bug a but then bug b occurs then you bu- fix bug b bug c occurs the whole cycle right so when you're developing a a, a big project so you don't know how much time you are going to put in right so uh, around uh, after the first month of initial onboarding and everything uh, i started writing code i was like this is a normal code base i can write it 4 uh, hours 5 hours a day but as soon as you get into the last week of mm-hmm. assessment and you see like now the mentor is asking for the do- documentations then then he ask you to document the code itself like you have to put the comments and everything then it gets very, very tedious then you get all the anxieties then you have to work late night writing the documentation for the code you have written month ago so you have to read the code again you have to visit the library again how you fix the old bugs exactly and you have to write everything then at the last moment you have to create a readable blog which will mm-hmm. be published to your website so it seems very uh, easy as, as in when you get into the gsoc part but yes it it is very uh, heavy on your time uh, time scale and you do need to manage how you put in your hours that is very essential what would you people is I, it the I same would, i would like to mention the same thing as well because um, the part about accepting into gsoc before the application in the application process you have to work a lot as well i put in about 6 hours a day to write the uh, read the code uh, learn about the documentation learn about the community of your apps then write the proposal make the proposal that would seem much more effective to the maintainers and that's the part that you have to give the commitment the blind commitment that you have to give to gsoc because so you when you were uh, writing a proposal for gsoc uh, there is a section where you have to explain a uh, week wise like i would be doing this yeah, in week 1 this in week 0 so uh, how far were you able to keep with that commitment and how did you manage the time or there any strategy you made to manage the time and were you able to live up to that so uh, proposals are really uh, as I, as i said proposals are really critical to your selection or rejection so and one part that people often forget about is creating that deadline table that you have that what will do in week in week 0 week 1 week 2 exactly and what i really thought about is i would start from community bonding and the community bonding period is you know the members of the community but i already knew everyone so i actually tried implementing other ways that i thought i could solve the problem too and that's how in in, a, in uh, while writing the proposal i think that's a very good skill that you can learn from gsoc proposals is you have to see forward in the future about 12 weeks uh, in front what you will do in week 13 <laughs> and that's a that's a very tough task because 
like like Prakash said that in the starting you would think that this is a normal code base you can do it you can do it in week, two three weeks <laughs> easily and uh, it it does not happen. So were there any instances where a bug was stuck for quite long and you were like uh, I won't be able to make it? <laughs> oh, so there's a very very high uh, a very high chance of it, and I actually got stuck in a bug. Uh, because my job was not only to create a library, but to create it at uh, such a level that it can be directly imported into a already working environment, right? So it has to be optimized first of all, because uh, you are dealing with a uh, lot of transmissions and everything. You have to be optimized to a stage where you can compare to the C library or, or any any particular library that that exists right that is that is how you make yourself useful so optimization was the number one thing on board uh, like if you create a function you have to optimize it then you have to document it so that that is how the whole process works so i spent like i coded a a function had four four loops and you get the complexity right so how long it would take to run so my mentor was like no you cannot do it and i had no absolutely no clue how to approach it in any other another way so i tried the recursive algorithms everything everything and <clears throat> after doing a lot of stuff after asking my mentor how to approach it and Guys, the mentor will never tell you what the solution True. is. Mentor will. <laughs> they say, want you to solve it yourself. Yeah, yeah. I asked him like, how can I approach it? He was like, <clears throat> sorry. He was like, Google it, find your own way. I don't have the time to tell you, but put it on Stack Overflow. <laughs> yeah, he is actually not trying to spoon feed me because uh, he wants to. Uh, he wants me to learn, right? So I was like stuck on that bug for about about three days. Then I eventually solved it, breaking the four four inside for loops into two different for loops, which made my code uh, run from microseconds to nanoseconds, and that is how uh, I approached it. And uh, a random community member came in, and he was like, "You can do it like this." And I was like, "Thank you." That's and the I, beauty of community. Exactly, that is the beauty of open source. I I also would like to add here that. Uh, the part that you have to code is quite less compared to the part that you have to fix bugs, yes. answer messages, take calls, get to meetings, prepare for those meetings, and then also make reports of those meetings. So um, between bug A and bug B, you have to answer about a hundred comment messages and think about answering them because in a community of thousands, you cannot just say anything you wish. Right. That. I think this is the right way, and you are wrong. And this is this is not the way you behave in a community. One, two is you have to be very considerate on anything you speak, because that takes a long time impact. As in, once your as in the impression goes wrong, it stays wrong. And uh, the time that I put in was in trying out ways and implementations of various functions that the system did was about two three hours, and then. I discussed with mentors with entire days in play that, and my mentors were quite good. They were on WhatsApp, <laughs> and we we discussed for hours and hours how to do this process easily. And we used GitHub API a lot. And GitHub API, uh, the problem with GitHub API is it's the massive bottleneck. They will just send data slow, so you have to make your program fast. As in, uh, we tried multi-threading, we tried different languages. We also tried having uh, we thought about buying the development 
part of the API so that we can get data out faster. And yeah, that, that's about it. You have to work a lot. You have to put in the commitment. And that's what I wrote as well as in res uh, GSOC is resource intensive. If you do not give that much time, if you think that you could do an internship, you can. There, no one will stop you. But it will only increase chances that you will la lack out. So while, while, while we are talking about uh, fixing bugs and uh, integrating different APIs, optimizing the code, uh, and GSOC is uh, for students, right? So uh, students are not in a habit to make production-ready code. They are not in a habit to optimize everything. So uh, one important thing they forget while working for a big code base is test. So what do you think is important of test and uh, were you were writing your own peer test before GSOC or you learned it during the GSOC and how would you recommend uh, uh, the ability to write tests and you, you know use your own test uh, along with the code bases? So my, uh, pro, my whole library was built across different functions and for any for any library or for any program to go in production testing is important guys if you're not escape testing if you are a good programmer you don't you don't get away with testing so my uh, mentor was like always tdd like test development uh, approach so i had to write uts for everything every if else statement uh, we used coveralls guys if you want to know about it just uh, go on uh, uh, and search about coveralls coveralls is basically a package that checks on the fly when you commit how many uh, test cases are covering all the code code the coverage code coverage basically so coveralls is, is a good uh, program for that so my uh, coverall uh, limit was 95 plus or, or the pr is not uh, acceptable oh so, so I had to code every UT for every if else case, even if my code was breaking or add some if else and I knew about it, I had to write a test for it and I have to introduce a test case. So you, I have to study. So this is something that you, you should already be uh, implementing in your daily workflow, write a small test for everything, uh, integration or uh, unit test, whatever you feel like. Small test basically uh, doesn't uh, hurt your code, it only uh, it reinforces what, whatever you have written, right? So uh, uh, UTs are very important uh, and uh, uh, then you have to write doc text and then you have to write a different kind of uh, uh, testing. So uh, yeah, my... Uh, 50% not 50 I would say 40% of my time was spent into how how good my coverage was so yeah that is that part is very necessary what about uh, so Vipul you mentioned uh, having a mentor and participating in communities and I know both of you guys are very active in uh, local communities around Delhi NCR uh, Prakhar uh, comes up to a lot of uh, PyData meetups and Vipul you are active in PyDaily you also run Alias and uh, ILACD you are very active so uh, what do you think uh, was the role of community in uh, embracing your application, embracing you as a developer and how a community helped you uh, be a better programmer? Uh, maybe like you were coming up with your GSOC project bugs and putting up forward with the people who are helping it. So uh, how would you recommend people to join communities and how it helped you? 
So I would I would really recommend joining a community first. In the in and communities are really a good place for your personal development. And even if you do not know anything, you get to learn a lot of new things. And your horizons increase. You know a lot of things. You have little information about approximate information about everything. And that's what helped me in communities. As in, I I knew a lot of frameworks. I know what I liked, and that really helped. One. The second point was as uh, working as a lead with Pydeli. What you had is you became the face of community, and everything that you speak, everything that you do, is uh, criticized or even helped with to improve. And that really helps because you know how to speak, how to behave in a community. You know how to address other people, and that goes everything that goes into plus point with regards to technical. You know how to work in an open source environment. You how know how to collaborate both online and offline, and that really helps because when like people started not not started fighting, but people have arguments, small arguments about commits and pull requests, and I I have seen it happening that it becomes really ugly, that people sometimes criticize about code and they do not take it the right way, and that's what communities teach you to be humble, to be polite everywhere. You, everyone is giving their own time. No one, no one is free for you, and you learn it either the hard way or doing it again and again. And I, I am really, uh, I think, uh, appreciating the way communities work here in New Delhi and in all over India. That teaches people really just that. That helps them become a great open source programmer. And do do join communities, Py Delhi, Ilabi, Linux Chicks. If you are a women developer, Py Data Delhi, may, there are many communities. We have GDGs and, and even if you are from a small town in India and mm. uh, living in a suburb who don't have much meetup groups, then there are some online groups like uh, yeah. DGP Log is there. A uh, lot of flags groups are there. You can join them and you can start your own, and people will help you. Definitely. So another thing that I would like to mention is uh, people always ask, how do you get to know? What opportunities are True, there, yeah. and uh, another, another very crucial part is how to start, right? How to start X mm-hmm. is a very, very common and very important question that everybody asks, right? And all of these can be answered by communities and community members. So, whatever you go over, whatever programs that exist. people in the community get to know it first because the, those are the people who always stay in touch with these kind of programs right secondly how to start x how to start x is an important question and believe me if you are in the right community and asking the right question you will be answered soon enough and i i, I can uh, stress on the fact that you will get a good mentor also in a good community and even if you want to start your own open source projects and looking for contributors i think community is the first place you should look exactly, for exactly exactly one more thing that i would like to add is com- communities actually give you a portal to a lot of opportunities as well like like gsoc is one but there are many others that you can go for and a community will help you decide um, like some some ways that i want career advice and you don't have like you can ask your seniors that could be the limit that you could have in a community you have unlimited potential you have entrepreneurs you have people who have been working in the field for 20 plus years and they can they are willing to help you because at that time at the meetup they have uh, dedicated that time for the help for coming to the community to chill or to help other people 
and that's what the good part about community is definitely so other than your code being used by millions of people doing different kinds of things that you have also never imagined and the stipend what other post completion benefits uh, you guys uh, think uh, gsoc provided you so i know like vipul has been uh, Uh, doing talks about even his uh, gsoc project uh, plymouth i guess you took a talk a uh, few months back and uh, the sugar labs the community which you uh, which you had gsoc with you are now representing that community around the conferences around the world so yes stipend is definitely there a good stipend makes your pocket heavy other than that uh, what uh, different uh, benefits you think you received out of uh, being a gsocer so i would like to first mention the stipend aspect because that that some people think that is the critical i do not disagree but what a stipend is all about with gsoc is they had it for the reason that if you are working in a full code base and you need a support google wants you to have it so that you do not work for free no one should work for free mm. and that's what the aim for google has google had for gsoc and that's what the stipend is all about and what helped me in after gsoc with gsoc is that it opened a world of opportunities for me in terms of conferences attending hackathons mentoring other people get a chance to get mentored by so many great people and meeting many great individuals around the world so one would be i usually the people that i admire i usually do a small session or a peer to peer session with them as in i take 5 minutes of their time and ask them questions that i find really great so one i did for stephanie stephanie taylor who is the program manager for gsoc and she told me about um, how she manages gsoc on a worldwide scale and what really amazed me that the team the open source team is just made of five people and five people doing a program this big 13000 students in total uh, participating applying um, if they get got their t-shirts on time if they got their stipends on time organizing all that takes a bit of dedication commitment and you get a chance to experience that in other people's lives you learn from them and with gsoc i got the opportunity to speak at google london as well in their meetups as in tell about my story about the project that we are doing at sugar labs with sugar labs we started a new outreach program as the outreach manager we are going through many countries with workshops talks other gsocers can have a workshop materials we have introduced a bootcamp kit that they can have in their own country to promote sugar labs in the entire world and grow our community as one so pycon us is one we have applied in many other conferences so that people can have an opportunity to speak as well speaking is a really good form of growing your portfolio and growing your connections because if your words impact the person sitting next to you he will surely help you and i think that's a great way to with gsoc help me personally and uh, has empowered me to help the community so definitely you entered a different man uh, before the gsoc and you came out to be an entire new person both in terms of a developer and in uh, as a blogger and entire different uh, uh, person altogether so prakar what uh, did you experience uh, personally after being a gsocer so one thing uh, gsoc does to you is it puts you on the map hmm. so uh, before definitely you, before gsoc you are just a developer after gsoc yeah you have contributed actually to a to an open source program so that comes with 
the whole shebang uh, you get get to meet of when you go to the concert you're like hey you are the fellow g soccer we share the same organization exactly <laughs> so when you when you go to a, a international meetups like i went uh, to paikon france and poland i uh, i got to meet a lot of g soccers there so you you share a natural bond which you never tried to make right That's so right. Yeah, you, you are in there you're talking about hey what did you do and uh, something like that and uh, uh if you pitch yourself as a gsoc uh, student so they they know you actually did something something as in you are endorsed by the by gsoc organization that you can code on large code basis so another thing that comes with gsoc is uh, you get a referral to google mm. which is very important you get get a five year referral a uh, link to google that you can use whenever you want to apply to google and basically that is a referral from gsoc or like open source community google open source community that they have vetted you and they have, they feel like you are good enough to carry out any development process inside google or outside any like they they attest you so that is something uh, uh, that you get uh, as a reward after com- completing your uh, Uh, uh stint with uh, gsoc and another thing is the recognition definitely the recognition that you get from the local community from international community the kind of opportunities that, that people was already ma- mentioning that like you get a solid boost to your profile as soon as you write gsoc on your cv there's a solid boost to your uh, portfolio that yes you have done something another thing writing blogs and the whole process uh makes uh like markets you in the sense that yes you have done uh, this big up project and you have committed this much of hours you have a lot of code base or a lot of blocks ready to so that that essentially uh you make uh, you make out of the program which i am definitely definitely sure i could uh, i would not ever do or uh, would have been able to done if i didn't join uh, i would i would also like that point about um, feeling a part of a bigger self in a community and um, i recently interviewed with red hat as an internship opportunity that was oh happened. that's why i'm saying what happened was the person who was taking the interview uh, said that were you a gsoc i said yes and i was in sugarlabs too and that's where we bonded and uh, it really helps you if people that are in the same community meets you get to know about you they already have a bond with you that you are we are in the same community so it makes the um, small talk bit more personal and you get a lot of opportunities as well yep so prakar vipul we have uh, always been taking one question uh, known as question of the day from our uh, people who follow us on social media and this one is coming from pa- prachi nair and she's asking is is there any other program similar to gsoc gsoc seems quite uh, big and intimidating at first i want to be a part of small programs uh, before i apply to gsoc so i know outreach is there gsoc is there is there anything else you would like to mention here uh, uh, uh another another programs like uh, small programs first of all uh, prachi i believe prachi right prachi. so prachi first of all as i started with this a uh, podcast i would like again like to stress on the point no program is big gsoc doesn't expect you to be full fledged developer to be a part of just go out and just explore the 
like whole community apart from that if you are thinking that you want to jo join some uh, small programs first or uh, programs at low scales first so that you are better prepared for gsoc so uh, there are there is a community called girl script summer of code so i was a mentor for that uh, mm -hmm. so what it does is it takes a lot of people lo local communities and they uh, uh, in in the GSOC fashion, they appoint a lot of mentors. They appoint a lot of uh, volunteers who want to participate, and they just assign each mentor a volunteer so that uh, and a project. So a, a, a mentor can guide a volunteer on a particular project. So that is essentially how GSOC works, and uh, you get a quite good feel out of uh, GSSS SOC. Yeah. And you can search of uh, for that uh, on online. Apart from uh, RG SOC outreach, every community hosts hosts a small sprint. Mm. A sprint is somewhere you where you can learn about the community and how to commit or uh, keep contribute your contribute your code basically. So I would suggest you go by daily or, or like uh, rolls or a lot of sprints. By daily also rolls a lot of sprints. You get. Uh, Hackathon sprints where, where you can contribute directly to a code base. Then uh, big libraries like uh, in Python you get Pandas and uh, Matplot. They host a online world sprint. So uh, bug days. What bug bug trials? Bug days. Yeah. Bug days. Then you have. Uh, uh, document uh, mm -hmm. sprints. These sprints are very important, and you can find all of it. Uh, about, like about even if you are not a developer, you can participate. Packaging sprint is packaging there. Packaging sprint mm -hmm. is there. Documentation, as I've told, these are not code intensive uh, uh, programs. So you can find it about uh, Twitter or join any uh, mailing list. Mailing lists are very important if you are not on any communication platform per se, like te Telegram or say Slack or IRC, any IRC. I would still suggest if you are following a mailing list. Mailing list basically gets a lot of information in a very, uh, uh, what do you say, small format, like a mail, so you get- Minimal. Minimal, yes, exactly. So you get a lot of information in a in a single condensed mail, and that is good to go. What about you? So I would like to break this question into two parts. One is finding opportunities, and that could be done through many kind of portals. And other could be non-technical as well. If Prachi, you want to go into non-technical as well. So um, what we discussed about in the Google London meetup as and the Meta Summit that happened for Coden that we are going, Google is going to start a new program called Google Summer of Writing. And oh. in which they will start professional writers can go into technical documentations for open source organizations. But don't take my word for it until and unless it comes out. Um, Stephanie and the open source team is quite excited for it because um, they need writers. They need pretty good people that can write uh, quality documentation. One is the second would be like like you said, Girl Script has been growing a lot with their summer of code program. They're they're quite good. Anuba is doing good work. There one another would be as as in uh, I dev uh, work with a lot of outreach programs. So other that I know about is Kharagpur Winter of Code. Yeah, Kharagpur Winter of Code has been running for quite a long time. They they do it a very you know very condensed manner. 
they are doing quite a lot of quality work yeah work there and kharagpur winter of code you can get into hacktoberfest hacktoberfest is pretty good if you want to just get take the first step into open source you get rewarded for it as well search about it on google hacktoberfest and uh, others could be developer sprints are really well so by delhi or if you are not from delhi you can get into the developer sprints or as they happen with pycon india as well or you can contact the mentors who were uh, part of developer sprints to help you out that that could be a good uh, line of progress as in how you get into a community for programs like gsoc outreach gr gsoc is one other people are coming up with good programs as well that are in the summers so erp next has a program yeah erp next summer of code is one and uh, yeah that that's about it um it, a good good string for google would be summer of code and you will get a lot of programs through it yeah just uh, summer of code Twitter, programs. search on twitter hashtag open source you'll mm. you'll find a lot of one more one more source. program that i would like to consider as in since women developers have been doing a lot of good work i have been part of a great community called 1 million women to tech and they have yeah. really well made program i i am truly inspired by the scale they have it 1 million women to tech is the best program if you're a python developer or a javascript developer and they teach about just about everything yeah so, so you start million. from zero and get yeah. to know a lot of i i i really liked 1 million women to tech because many that's a good are, name altogether <laughs> yeah and they have their goal as well they want to get 1 million women to tech and they have been working quite hard for it they have a summer program as well as a winter program winter program yes so uh, thank you very much prakar and vipul to stay with us today and share your experiences and helping our listener to frame their application for uh, gsoc 2019 and uh, thank you everybody who tuned in for this episode hope you had an amazing time and learned uh, new things uh, these two young uh, programmers developers and uh, my friends shared lot of things uh, uh with their experiences uh lastly before signing out i would like to thanks uh, our uh, venue partner 91 springboards who have extended a huge uh helping hand in recording this and making this production possible uh, as always uh, uh, do log into our website decompile.in where you'll be finding links to this uh, show uh, show notes all the links we mentioned in the episode also blogs also blogs and website to this amazing uh, developer uh, who were our guest today and uh, follow us on social media we are on instagram twitter and uh, as always uh, we'll see you in the next one